0: it's august the magical month of rpg a day 2020. i apologize for this being a little bit longer episode i may or may not have been a little bit tipsy when i recorded it but it's all good enjoy august 25th lever when i think of levers i think of traps and puzzles so i was playing in che webster's dungeons of thrall gurps game one time and i had a character who there was a lever on the wall and he checked for traps, pretty sure he failed the roll, but he didn't find any traps, so he pulled the lever, and he got electrocuted. He got burned to a crisp, thrown across the room, and that was the end of that character. I think traps can be interesting. I think if we're going to do traps, we don't need to go all the way to the Grim Grim Tooth traps level where it's super complicated, but I think traps should be kind of interesting. But that brings us to puzzles, and not all players like puzzles. You know, puzzles can be complicated and hard, and not everybody's brains think the same way. So, it's hard if we're going to simulate puzzles, whether we just do it by rolls or make them actually figure it out. You know, and that's going to be very group-dependent, how well your, your players do with that. Because it's just going to frustrate the heck out of some players. But I think puzzles can be worth incorporating in the game. But I think you really need to know your audience, know what they're capable of. And not present them with puzzles, they're going to frustrate the players or make them angry. So I don't know to find balance. August twenty-sixth, strange. I like strange things in games. I like odd things, gonzo things. The aesthetic and like DCC, Dungeon Crawl Classics, appeals to me. But not it doesn't appeal to everybody. And for some people that. You know, throwing that strange, weird thing in there can pull them out of the game. I also think if you do it too much, it can be, you know, it could ruin the game and throw the game off. So I think the amount of strange you put in a game really needs to be balanced. But throwing in something strange here and there, I think, can enhance any game. August 27th, Favor. A lot of people are going to go to favorite here, and they're going to talk about favorites. But the word is favor... Which, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, means um, backing, supporting, and defending. So, when I think of favor, to be honest, I, I do think of, like, you yeah, have that, that lady who's been wronged in medieval times, you know, in the court. And the knight comes up, and, and he's going to defend her honor, and she puts her, her little um hanky. On, the, on his lance and gives him his, her favor but so favor backing, you know you have the patrons and maybe patrons aren't used enough in RPGs so I think patrons are an interesting thing but the key to patrons are they have to stay interesting a patron can't always support the characters and you need to have that time where the patron is dissatisfied or the patron sells the character out now, if you're playing Cyberpunk 2020, this happens all the time. Or you're playing Shadowrun, this happens all the time, right? Because your quote-unquote patron, of course, is playing different sides against each other. And he's immediately going to sell you out in a heartbeat, Mr. Brown, right? But in a fantasy game, that's not so much the case. So I, but I think having the patron, you know, be an unreliable patron can be a very interesting twist to a game. August 28th. Close. Bringing things to a close can be important. You don't want to do it the way I did the Altered State game I ran, where it just petered out and died. It's good if the character, the players can have some closure for their characters. So either you find them a good place where they can retire, where the adventure's done. You find them in a place where they're all dead, which is the easy way. Or you put them in a place where they're almost going to die. You know, they see the nukes coming into the city, or, they, it's, or you leave it like the end of the... Th- John Carpenter's the thing where Keith, David, and Kurt Russell are just there looking at each other. And, And if it's a case where the characters aren't dead yet, but they're having a happy ending, or the Avengers over, or they're gonna die here soon, you should go around the table and let each player narrate that character, whether they narrate, you know, what the rest of their life is gonna be like, or what their last thoughts are before they are obliterated, or you know. But run, go around the table and let the let the players narrate those final thoughts or that final piece for the characters. Players really like this, and it definitely does add add to the game. August 29th, Ride. So, I don't think Joe's going to reference Ticket to Ride, which is a board game, but I think he might do Wayward Son or Ride the Lightning or something like that. But I want to get away from... Musical references And maybe slide a little bit back to Ticket to Ride And the idea of taking the characters on a ride And that is doing a mystery Where they're in a fixed location, they're stuck So that might be on the Orient Express On the train Or they might be on a cruise ship Or they might be just on a ship in a medieval place Right? Medieval setting But either way, they can't leave And they have to solve this mystery But what I want to tell you to do is Consider using the quantum villain So figure out who your murderer is But if your characters can't figure that out, if they go off on a tangent, as players often do, and they pick somebody else as the big bad, maybe change your plot and use that person as your big bad. It's okay to do that. Now, I know I just got a lot of people's apples up, you know, and if I raised your apples, I'm sorry. And if you know where the reference apples comes from, let me know. I'd be very curious if anybody picks up that that reference. If you do, I'll send you a special prize. But, you, you know, not everybody wants to use the quantum bad guy, but sometimes that's the best way to wrap the story up. Story up. It really is. And, and that's not my idea. You know, Cecil Warkowski's talked about it. Andy Goodman's talked about it. And I think there's something to that. So hopefully I didn't raise your apples too much. Hopefully nobody's go running off and putting cat heads on a stick. But, you know, consider using the quantum villain If the mystery doesn't work out the way you think it's going to and the characters are off on a tangent, for the, for the, to let the story end the right way, let the session end the right way, maybe it's okay to use the quantum filling. Just think about it. I know Nate doesn't like hearing that, but, you you know, if, if I get Nate's apples up, I'm sorry. August 30th, Portal. So the way I'm going to use the word portals is the way that Chicago Wiz talks about it with the Ultimate Games and that Che Webster of Roleplay Rescue, Chicago Wiz's podcast, of course, is the Dungeon Master Handbook. But the way that um, Che Webster also uses it and the idea that you have portals to go from one world to another, right? And, and kind of like Rifts with Palladium or, or Arduin, Dave Hargrove's world. Um, but... I think portals are interesting. And I think in the right setting, in the right game, portals can be very, very cool. And I think the ability to travel between different worlds is very neat. And I like worlds like that. I I know not everybody does. But I am actually a fan of worlds with portals and the ability to go interdimensional and do different things. Um, ideally, your characters won't do a lot of portal traveling before they get high enough level to survive. But... Yeah, I think portals can add a lot to your game, but it depends on the game. And now I'm talking about fantasy games, maybe sci-fi games. If you're playing straight, you know, you're trying to play a realistic um, noir kind of detective story. If you're playing Dashiell Hammett's detective role-playing game, then yeah, you don't want portals in there. But any kind of fantastic game, I think portals add a lot to it. August 31st, Experience experience. We can talk about experience points. We can talk about milestone systems. We can talk about all that kind of stuff. But really, what experience do you want when you play a game? We're not talking about characters here. We're talking about the players. So I want to have... I want to... I'm a social gamer. So I want to have an enjoyable time with my friends where maybe we're... maybe we're shocked. You know, maybe we're... um, a little disturbed if we're playing a horror game or maybe we're just laughing and cutting it up if we're playing a lighter beer and pretzels game but the experience i want is one of interaction with other human beings that's what i want to get out of a role-playing game i i, I want that that's what i enjoy D- different people are going to have different things but for me a social gamer kind of like i'm well i'm not a social drinker anymore I, i'm I'm past that, but I, I am a social gamer still, so I think once I dive more into solo play and dive more into this great Pendragon campaign as, you know, running that solo using Pendragon, I'll be, be, I won't be I will be able to say I'm a social gamer anymore. I'll be like, yeah, I, I solo game every week, so, you, you know, I will have to go to gamer synonymous meetings and things like that. But, but at the moment, I'm not at that point. I'm still a social gamer. And I enjoy being with the other players. So, yeah, that's the experience I want to get out of the game. That's it for me with RPG A Day Month. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Next year, if I do it, I'm going to release the episodes a week in advance as opposed to a week after. That way my words are out there before everybody else's. Ha, ha, ha. But, no, I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed listening to everybody else's. And, yeah, I hope this helped some people out or at least gave you something interesting to listen to. So I will talk to everybody next time. Take care. The best part of rolling dice is RPG in your cup.